going to open up the um, staff meeting with prayer. Lord Jesus, uh, we just thank you for these songs and these words, uh, these prayers that have gone up, this incense that's gone up even this morning, that you will arise with healing in your wings. We thank you, Son of Righteousness, Holy One. You are the Holy One of Israel. We thank you, Lord, that you are not a distant God. You are not far off. But in fact, you are right at the door. You are right at the door. You see everything that's going on. Everything. And you only delay for reasons that you know God would cause more glory to be released later, Lord. You delayed for Lazarus, Lord, four days. And it seemed severe to the ones that loved you. It seemed severe. Why didn't you come, Lord? My brother died. Why didn't you get here? But you had a plan. For the glory of God, you delayed. And so we thank you, Lord, for this word, Lord, that even for our nation, with so many prayers that have gone up, you have delayed in many ways, but it's for your glory. It's for your plan to be manifest. And so we thank you. We trust in you as our leader, Lord. We agree with your leadership. Yes, we pledge our allegiance to the Holy One, the God of Israel, Jesus, Jesus, the Messiah. We pledge our allegiance to you, Lord, because you are the ruler of the whole universe, and you will take your place and your throne on the earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, you are good. You are so good. You are so full of love so full of kindness and mercy and your long-suffering and you wait you waited even for Jezebel to repent you gave time for that there will be no one who can accuse you in that day no one for all will receive what is justly due no one will be able to argue with your logic Thank you, Lord. We trust you. We trust you in our lives. We trust you for what you're doing now in our nation. We trust you for what you're doing in our families. We trust you for what you're doing in our churches. God, we trust that out of chaos, you're going to bring unity, Lord. Out of disorder, you're going to bring order. For this is what you did in Genesis chapter 1. You hovered over the darkness and you created and you brought forth order and light. Light in the darkness even before the sun was created. You brought it forth. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I just believe that is the word for us in this hour. Um, the picture I get, and um, you know, we prayed into it, but picture I get is the Lord's hand being stretched out over our nation and it has been a judgment. It really has yet it's been discipline of the Lord um, for our good <laughs> like a good father. Yes. He's led us in he's led us um, be under that scourge so to speak um, I was just looking at you know the numbers last week um, the number of COVID deaths in the nations and I don't know the accuracy of any of these numbers what the internet says or whatever but, uh, but it said America you know United States of America last week 728,000 COVID deaths. Hundreds of thousands of more than any other country in the world. According to the internet, right? Now there could be countries that aren't reporting. I don't know, right? But it was alarming. Alarming to see that the nation that has the, the best health care in the world has the most deaths, right? It makes no sense whatsoever. Why are our hospitals turning into morgues? You know, it makes no sense. There's, a, there is, there's an evil root. However, I also see it as kind of like the Lord's hand is stretched out over our nation. And like Israel, we're kind of like a favorite of his because we were founded on godly foundations right and so his hand is like I really love America I really love United States of America she's one of my favorites therefore I'm going to leave my hand outstretched I'm going to kind of let her see the futile ways you know let the evil come to the surface and let it be seen for what it is so that I can heal her so that I can send revival, you know, so that I can bring about a great harvest in this hour. I'm going to prepare the soil of hearts. I'm going to make them really tender. And I think all of us have had, you know, this plague in the sense has all come near to us. I think everybody knows someone who's died. It's really shocking, you know. And it's kind of come near to us, and it's like, oh, God, you know? Lord, have mercy. And yet, at the same time, his mercy is there. He is in it. He is showing his kindness and is, you know, in, in the individuals who have lost loved ones, like he is showing his love in the midst of all of it and saying, I'm in control of this. I'm in control, I'm in control, and I'm bringing about good, as painful as it is, and I just see, you know, that, um, you know, and, and just in particular for our nation, that 
we have come under um, oppression and suffering, yet also the hand of God, you know, in that kind of discipline type of judgment. And it's for his purposes. He's like, I am going to do something here that is going to blow the minds of everyone. I'm going to bring about his plan. And so uh, Malachi chapter 4, I think, is very key chapter for us right now. And, um, you know, I just want to believe that we're at the cusp of that, that, that this thing is coming down, you know, And that we will see um, the thrones of iniquity begin to shake and topple. And the Lord begin to do mighty things. And I I just believe that, you know, this little prayer room, uh, it matters what we do. Just praying day in and day out for the ending of abortion. You know, pleading the blood of Jesus. All of these things. Praying the scriptures. It really matters to the Lord that we do this and that it really is doing something. It really is doing something in the spirit. And so just to be encouraged by that, that, you know, we are reading in our newspapers, you know, Supreme Court is going to hear these abortion cases. I mean, it's pretty amazing. We could see the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I mean, that hasn't really been as ripe as it is right now. And in place as it is right now that we could see that happening. And it's already beginning to happen. You know, the thing in Texas. Wow. So we just need to continue to stay steadfast and pray because it is truly... Um, the greatest holocaust ever in all of mankind, the unseen holocaust, is abortion. And it's global, and it is the, uh, the blood is crying out from the ground for millions and tens of millions, hundreds of millions of babies globally. And um, there is judgment coming because of, the, because of that. You know, the book of Revelation, when he pours out these judgments and we see a third of the earth, a quarter of the earth die. Why? I I think it's because of abortion. (laughs) There will be a recompense. And if you think of that, a half of the the earth or a a quarter, like a a quarter and then a third add up to being 50% of the population in those in the book of Revelation, those end time judgments. When you add up all of the children that have died in abortion over the years globally, the number is so astronomical, right? That even those huge judgments, I think, would still only be a portion, you know, a portion of that. And, um, so there, there is no way he's not going to uh, respond to that blood. Because that is what the Lord does. He's like, I, he, he, is, he doesn't just overlook those things. 
And so we have to stay in our position and cry out to God for mercy. And the thing is, especially with the abortion issue, is that we're all implicated in it. We don't know, and that's why I call it the great unseen holocaust. We don't know how far these tentacles go in our own lives. You know, when we think with this whole vaccine thing and all that, with the aborted fetal cell lines, we don't know what is going on. We only know a portion, you know, because those cell lines are used for regular medicines too, you know? Research for your Tylenol that you take. <laughs> We're all implicated, okay? You can't go, well, those cells aren't in my body. Yeah, they probably are. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't know, and it's we're all implicated in the guilt and the, it's like sin. It has permeated the entire globe. It's, it is like sin. It's so vast. It's so vast. We don't, we can't escape it. We have to cry out. We have to go to the foot of the cross and go, oh God, I plead your blood over my sin. And really that is like the, the, the other picture besides the one of it, the sin of abortion is covering us all is that his blood is stronger, more powerful, and is able to cleanse completely this guilt and this sin. Like his blood is the most powerful substance in the universe and is able to completely cleanse and heal. And that is what is so amazing. And so for us, you know, we cry out for it. We pray for it. We look at Daniel chapter 9. You know, Daniel was implicated with his people because of the sin of his nation. And he was, he, he took it, he took it personal. And he repented for sin in the first person as he was praying. And he was a holy one, you know. He was one highly esteemed in heaven. And yet he said, Lord, I am so sorry. I repent. And he was standing in the gap for his whole nation, right? He, he uses that identificational repentance and sides himself as guilty. And I think that's where we are as well. You know, we, we, um, we pray for our nation, but we have, you know, sin we don't know about. <laughs> We've been implicated in this as well. We do not know how far reaching it is and how it really is in all, it's all over the place. So, um, but his blood, <laughs> you know, but his blood speaks a better word. And he is going to have his way. And things are going to break through and break out and break open. And these things that have been the hard ground for a long time, that we've hit this hard stone ground in the place of prayer for, you know, the 15 years in this house, and that's just building on the prayers of others who prayed before us for decades, you know. And we just hit this stone hard ground but it is starting to break up you know the fallow ground and it is going to be able to receive 
the seed of God, the word of the Lord, that it might actually produce fruit. So there is that breaking up of the fallow ground. And I think, I disbelieve we are at the cusp of it. We are. And he's, he's pruned a lot, the body of Christ. He's kind of let us come to the end of ourselves in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of churches have either closed down or they're like, okay, we need to do something different. What we always did before is not really working. What's going on, right? Everyone's kind of like taking inventory, you know? God, what do you want, you know? And I, and I pray that that's where pastors are at. I pray that they're seeking God, going, Lord, what, what do you want? Well, I've done my own thing for quite a while here, maybe, you know? And we all do that because we all do what we think we should do. But we need God's agenda and not our agenda. And so, um, so he's kind of shaken the church, you know? He's shaken us all so that we can kind of shut our mouths and go, Lord, what do you want? What are you saying right now in the midst of all of this? And I just believe we're going to start to see, you know, like what we prayed saying this morning, the Davids arise. We're going to start to see the Davids arise. Because when the Davids arise and cut off the head of the enemy, the whole army can move. But until those Davids come forth, right? There's nobody in that army except for the Davids who are ready to take on the Goliaths, right? The rest of the army couldn't. They weren't equipped. They didn't have that history in God. Many, you know, they were pretty good soldiers, but they knew they couldn't take out Goliath. And that's probably most of the body of Christ who were like, I can't take on the giant in the land. However, the Lord's raising up Davids all over the land to begin to cut off the head of the enemy, right? And it, then the whole army can rise up and go, let's go. So... I just believe that that is, that's the season that we are in. I'm encouraged um, with little testimonies, and maybe you all have some testimonies, but I'll just share just a little tiny one. But I feel encouraged by this because, you know, the kids come home from school or whatever, they all have stories. <laughs> and one of the math teachers that knows the Lord at Granada, um, Danny is in his class, and um, Danny heard another student ask the teacher, just off time, not during class time, but just, you know, they're just talking and saying, you know, is there an afterlife? Do we, do we, do we actually live after we die? You know, <laughs> you know, just asking questions like that, and um, this math teacher is like, well, you know, that kind of is like, your own religious beliefs you have to search that out but he goes I believe so because it doesn't really make sense that we just don't exist anymore I believe we go somewhere we either go to heaven or hell you know and he just said that you know and so I just see that as like how awesome that a student is like what's going on you know what happens after we die does anybody know you know and this teacher may not have been able to come out and say, Jesus, you know, but he spoke, you know, he put in a seed, you know, he just put in a seed there, and then, of course, Danny is hearing it, you know, and other students could probably talk to that student, right, 
So um, I just see, you know, come on, yes, let the ground shake. Let teachers be able to be a little more bold and not worry that they're going to lose their job, you know, or whatever. And just kind of be in faith. Like, God, you've given me an opportunity. You've given me a place. You've given me a position where I can speak into some someone. Help me to do that and not be afraid, you know, just all these things. And so um, I just see that as just, you know, just a little tiny testimony of the ground shaking, you know, and... And, I'm, and there's probably, you know, a hundred, a thousand little stories like that. Maybe you all have some yourselves, but um, I just want to open it up uh, for testimony.